and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, Nick. Hey, Ari. (laughs) So, uh, Nick is none other than Nick Sonnenberg, my partner in crime in the less doists or less doing assistance. Now we recognize that the less doists is very hard to pronounce and spell and write. It makes sense when you read it, but we are basically the less doing assistance now, right? Yeah, I think so. Like we have that and then we have less doing BPO, I guess you would call it, right? Yeah. Well, we should talk about that today. And, and by the way, welcome back to episode 204 of the Less Doing Podcast. And today I interviewed Cherie Alexander, which was a really awesome interview. I have to say, like she does profiling and she teaches people the art of deception for all sorts of reasons. And uh, it was great. So, but Nick and I have a bunch of stuff to share. I have some links I want to tell Nick about, and we have some updates I want to share with you as well. Uh, well let me remind everybody that if you are not signed up for the Less Doing newsletter, then please go over to lessdoing.com and sign up for the newsletter. And if you're out and about somewhere, you can text the word do less to 33733. So, Nick, this one is a basic one. It's something that I feel like should have happened a long time ago, but it's really cool. The U.S. Postal Service now has something that they're calling informed delivery. So you can sign up on the website and you will get an email telling you about mail that's coming. Okay. I think it's really cool because, first of all, I've, I've reduced my postal mail so much and I tell people in the Western community to reduce their postal mail in every way you can. Obviously, we don't want to have as much paper. But if you can see what's coming, whether you're traveling or whatever, the thing that makes it interesting for me is the searchability. Because now I can go to Gmail and can be like, how many times have I gotten like this particular thing? And I can have people clean up the mail based on that. Yeah, I mean, already like the only mail I really get is like Amazon packages, which already gets posted into my calendar. And like like you, I, I'm guessing like I check my mailbox once a week. And I, I pretty much get no mail, but if so, you no mail, this is really cool. Yeah, well, so I, so I have the problem that I'm, I'm living in an apartment building where there were previous residents. So my mailbox is filled every day with crap for the two previous residents, which is not a big deal because my process is basically there's a garbage right there. It doesn't even get up to my apartment. But I just think this is a great thing. It's a really big step forward for the, the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so this is what I want to talk to you about because I had a, I installed this and deleted it three times because I couldn't quite get it. Um, I, I mean, I understand how to use it, but I couldn't figure out a really good use case. So this is Stringify and it's an app and it's basically IFTTT, but way more complicated. <laughs> and what you can do is like, if you look at this here, Nick and I are sharing a screen right now. If you look at this right here, you can say this is like GPS to Twitter or to email or something, but then you can put another condition on it. So th- this is how I was going to use this. Just, just to give you an idea. When we go to the Hamptons, I have an IFTTT recipe that midway the IFTT risk basically says like, if I enter or exit this area, then that's the trigger. And so it's like exit 50 on the LAE and it calls me and it just reminds me to change the temperature in the house, which I can do remotely because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to basically say like, if I leave the house, then lower the temperature. If I, because I could be coming, like there's no way to identify if I'm coming or going. This lets you say if it's a weekend and the weather is this, 
you know, and like I something else, then do that thing. So you can put a lot more conditions on things. Can I do you remember remember like a couple of years ago I, I asked you if there's an if not this then <laughs> Yeah. Right. Not case here? Yeah, essentially you can because you can put exceptions and stuff. So yes, you could. So like, for example, something you can do with this is it, it connects with, it connects with all the same things that like the IFTTT does. So you could like misfit is now what they call a bet it. So you could say uh, like, if there's, if it's raining, wake me up a half an hour early because it'll be longer for me to get this traffic unless I slept badly then don't wake me up early. Like, I, I mean, but it's almost like too much, too much detail. I don't know. I could see a ton of use cases for that. I think I'm going to try it out. Well, tell me one. What do you think? What you just said is a good example. Let me think off the top of my head. Um, oh, man. Well, like, okay, I can tell you one. This is something that you can't do with IFTTT, for example. There's a Sonos integration. So I have a Sonos player in, my, in the kids' room, and I also have two Philips Hue lights. So, but by the way, you have to see this. It's really cool. I play like, like nature sounds throughout the night. And now I have the two lights in there and I can make them any color I want. So I had red light on before we went to, they went to bed tonight, which is really good for helping you sort of wind down and stuff. And if I have to go in there in the middle of the night, I'm not going to get messed up by the blue light. So you could do something in here with Stringify where you could actually say like, if I play Sonos, then also put it to this setting on the thing. And then at six in the morning, start to like simulate sunrise or something. All right. So here I have an example of how I would use it. So you recommend that sort my box for organizing Dropbox folders. But if you're using Stringify, you could put conditions around the titles of the folders and you don't even need to have them to sort your box, right? Right. If, if you add a file to Dropbox and the file ends in daily huddle, you know, then move it to this file. Or, you know, if you add a new file to Dropbox and it ends in client call, move it to another file. So this, this might get rid of sort your box and IFTTT. You're right. Actually, that's a good point. Okay. Well, then I guess I have to give it another try. I knew that I needed to talk to you about this. So everybody, uh, that's Stringify. And again, it's an iPhone app. It integrates with most of the things that IFTTT does, but... uh, You can't do it it in the browser? No, no, no. It's just an app. You know what's funny? You started off mentioning that you weren't able to find a use case for it. And I don't know if you're going to talk about Roger app on this call, but we had the same problem with Roger. And the design of this kind of looks like Roger app. Yeah, you're right. I I wasn't planning on talking about Roger, but go ahead. Tell everyone about Roger. Well, Roger's is... It's this app. Our our friend Ricardo made it. and It's rogertalk.com. Yeah. And it's basically a walkie-talkie app that pretty much does what the iPhone app does. Like when you click the microphone, you just give audio chats to people. And like Ari and I had a really hard time finding a use case for like why we would use this. Like why do we need an extra app to do this versus just doing what is already normal? So we stopped using it for a long time. And then I don't know about you guys, but like I just got so fed up with 50% of the time when I do an audio message, it gets deleted. Like you click the up arrow and you click in the wrong place and you just like lose a two minute long audio message. So I gave it another try and the sound quality is great. You can listen to the, you never have the issue of, of, um, you know, hitting the wrong button and deleting it. It's always there. Um, they have a lot of like just really nice clean features. Like when you raise your phone to your ear, it starts playing automatically. You can play them in the background on like the iPhone audio messages. So I can be listening to uh, a message from Ari while I'm do, like, writing an email. And it's funny, like we gave it a try a week ago and it's kind of worked its way into like our main workflow now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and, and it's, it's funny because it's a very unique situation where I actually don't recommend the app. Generally speaking, I pretty much just use it with Nick and because of the way that we work, it works really well. And so I wouldn't recommend this. I mean, it's a great app. I think it's really great for families. For instance, I don't necessarily think it's the best thing for an entire team of coworkers, but for like key people, I think it's actually really good. Yeah. If you, if there's like a couple of people you're doing a lot of audio messages with, like give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the next one, this is a little bit specific, but I just found this and I think it's really cool. So little hack for you guys, uh, Nick and I just upgraded our Slack implementation to the paid version. We were very, very against doing that for a long time, just out of, out of principle. And the truth is, is, if you don't know what you're doing, it's actually pretty expensive, I would say. So the little trick is that you can have full access members on Slack, and that means that they can look in any channel and any well, and join any channel too. You can also have single channel people, and then they can only see one channel. And most times, in a lot of companies, that's really what you need. Like the marketing people just need to be in the marketing channel or the, uh, the IT people just need to be in the IT channel. And you don't pay for single channel users. You only pay for full access users. Uh, and it's a, what's the ratio, Nick? Uh, five to one. Okay, right. So you have to have at least one paid account for every five non-paid. But again, you can sort of game the system. But the main reason that we did it is because you're limited in the free plan in terms of how many integrations you can have. And given what we do together, Nick and I, as a business, we really need to be able to test out all sorts of integrations. So we upgraded and then basically just went totally wild and tried adding all sorts of different integrations. And I found one really cool today. So if you are a Slack user, you may really like this. It's called iClinic, I-C-L-I-N-I-Q. And it is a doctor in your Slack. So basically, uh, a real doctor answers medical queries for everyone in your Slack team. So if somebody wants to get a consult, like a second opinion on something, or and you can even attach a photo. So this is almost like all of these on-demand health services that uh, let you talk to a doctor right away. I love it. I mean, it's one more reason not to leave Slack. And I think it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited on this, on this paid plan. I mean, there's about 10 integrations that we want to test out. And, um, you know, it's important for us now with the BPO to be able to. Also, yeah. So on that note, I, I want to talk, tell people about the BPO. And I've mentioned this a little bit before, I think, but Nick and I have been doing what we're calling BPO, which is business process optimization. So it's really less doing for business. And we are able to go into a company of any size. And we're working with several extremely large organizations right now. And we can completely revolutionize the way they communicate, the way they manage projects, the way they automate processes, and essentially shortening the gap between idea and execution. And we can do this for any kind of company. And the, the results have been astounding. Yeah. And also like we're really following your principle of optimize, automate and outsource and just taking it from a personal standpoint to a business standpoint, you know, and for the, for the outsourcing part, like the final stage, like, you know, we, we, we built a virtual assistant company, which is really the best assistant company out there. So we really got that covered. And then for the optimize and automate, you know, we're, we're really, we're, like you said, we're, we're helping companies improve and automate their processes of communicating internally and externally and automating the interaction between communication tools and project management tools. And, you know, it's been really incredible seeing the impact that we've been able to have uh, effectively, like you, you could almost call it that we're like an on-demand COO these days. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and that is what the, 
we are that in more than one way. It's not just in terms of the technical and logistical aspects, but we really, we've been working with companies that we really find interesting and it's interesting for us to insert ourselves and be a part of it in some ways. So it's, really been, it's been great. Um, and, and, and on that note too, we have a workshop coming up uh, March 10th and 11th here in New York city. So just about a month away now, we've got a few spots left. It's a very small workshop where we're going to be doing this stuff. So the first day is going to be all about teaching. And the second day, we're actually going to implement it. We're going to have a couple of less doing VAs and a couple of less doing certified coaches there to actually help implement this, the, the things that we're teaching you how to do. Yeah. It's going to be an incredible workshop. Like it's going to be, it's going to be pretty much like no workshop you've ever been to before. We're not, we're purposely not having any speakers come. It's just going to really be about spending two days and then those two days completely transforming the way your company operates. Like you will leave with a different setup for your company. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you are interested in that, you can go to lessdoing.com slash workshop and sign up. And we'd love to see you there. Uh, okay. So I got, I got three more. Uh, this one, it, this is a random one, but I really like this. It's called shelfy.com. And it's, uh, it's basically a, a, just an app for having digital books like ebooks and uh, audiobooks. But what it does that I think is really cool because I, I know a lot of people do this and I do this. If you have a print edition of a book, you just take this app and you take a picture of the book and it will download the ebook for you or the audiobook. That's cool. It's great. So because I like any book that I really, really like, I have both versions and I would usually probably listen to the audio version or read the digital version, but then I would have the physical version like on a shelf to refer to, you know? So it's, I think it's really cool. It's sort of a good sort of bridge of the two gaps. This is a, a totally different one, but again, this is, this is, there's a couple of different interesting hacks to this. Uh, so this is an app called Stactive. And basically you get access to hundreds of gyms across the country and possibly the world uh, for as little as $5. So basically like you land in Chicago and you pull it up and there's six gyms that have, you know, there's a yoga class and there is a, uh, a bar class and a CrossFit class and you pay the five and you have your, your, membership you pay five dollars and you go so that's cool is it like class pass kind of it's like class pass but it's not you're not committing to a hundred dollars a month wherever you're basically doing it as you wherever you want whenever you want and it has way more gyms attached to it really should i give up my gym membership and just do stactive in new york i don't know if they have it uh for your gym because i know you're pretty particular about your gym uh but the other side of this that i want to share and i've written about this on the blog is that this is a gym hack as far as i'm concerned for when you're traveling i am known with uh, i'm not known but i uh, my friends know that i like to do like double red eyes when i go to la sometimes and we we had this with with uh with andrew remember we were talking about this basically like if you get into new york city at five in the morning obviously i live in new york so this doesn't apply to me but in new york city at five in the morning or even like one in the morning whatever it is you don't necessarily want to get a hotel room for seven hours or you know that pay a lot of money for a hotel room there's a lot of gyms that are open very very early and you can pay your five dollars go in you can get a nice shower and a clean you know locker room and possibly even take a nap if you want to and you could do a yoga class and just like lay on a mat for now there you go so uh, this is a it's an interesting travel hack in as well. I, I wouldn't mess around with my gym just because of, you know, I'm trying to keep a body fat percentage in, in a certain range, but this probably is a... Right. I know you're, you're sub 10 
ridiculous. That's, uh, by the way, don't ever trust a Withings scale to tell you what your actual body fat is. I just do as many body fat percent tests as I can. I just took, take whatever the, the lowest number is. And I say that that's the right number. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So then the last one, uh, so I've talked about a number of these services before, but this is the easiest thing I've ever seen. And Nick, I wanted to show you this actually live. So it's called chat by key reply. And it's basically the simplest live chat widget on the planet. So you can add mobile friendly chat support to your website in less than five minutes. Now, again, there's all sorts of services like this. There's Chatlio, which I love Chatlio because it basically puts that like, you know, help box on your website and then somebody can chat and it goes right into your Slack. There's a number of things like that. And they're all pretty into easy to integrate. This one is ridiculous and it's free. So you literally look, you can put your email, you can put Facebook Messenger, FaceTime, phone, text message, Twitter, WhatsApp, Skype, WeChat, Snapchat, and of course, soon Slack. And then you pick the color and you get a wit and you get a, an embed code and that's it. And you can, you, it, it connects all of them in one place. All of them in one place. Wow. Yeah. So this is really cool. Uh, and I was, I mean, now we're going to have this discussion live while we're recording here, but I thought this would be an interesting thing for us, for our VA company for uh, issuing of tasks. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm, now I'm starting to wonder if I want to look into Slack and see if we can connect all these things into Slack. Cause like since Slack is our main tool, I'm wondering if like we can respond to text messages and Skype and Facebook messages and Slack. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so cool. we should look into this. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, but look, you can even, I mean, Facebook messenger. I mean like the, the thing about this and, and for everyone listening, like this is, this is actually one of the flaws in this kind of system and, and what they're solving in a very good way. So Chatlio is awesome because it puts the message into Slack and then anybody on Slack can grab it. So in theory, you don't need like a workforce that's 24 hours a day. You just need your team and hopefully someone will get it. And, and, and the, but that's a one channel thing. And you have ones that go to a, a separate company thing. You have ones that will text you. This does all of them. So the odds of getting someone somewhere 24 hours a day with this kind of system is really high. Yeah, look, whenever you can combine a bunch of things and just look at it in one place, I'm interested in looking into that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, FaceTime even like, so anyway, this is awesome. So that's chat by key reply. Well, uh, anything you want to share with everybody about Calvin? We're in open public beta right now and the app is working. So download it. You can go to calvinapp.com and download it. So far, we we're slowly rolling it out, but it seems that it's definitely improving the way people are making plans. We found that people are primarily using it to store restaurants that they someday want to go to. But what's really cool is, you know, we're doing this overlapping of calendars, similar to what Outlook does for companies, but we're doing it with your address book and your phone. So we're really cutting down on all the back and forths it's taking for people to find times to do whatever they want, especially going to restaurants. So check it out. Send your feedback to nick at calvinapp.com. I'd love to hear what you think. And um, yeah, uh, things are things are moving along. So that's cool. it. Yeah, I have to say, um, the, the, I'm an advisor in Calvin, and, and one of the most innovative things about it is the time picker. And it's, it's really pretty brilliant. So I, I really would recommend you try it out. And it does make it easier to plan things with people. It really does. So, yeah. And again, awesome. it's, it's open, it's open public beta now. I mean, really in a month, it'll be fully, fully done, but it's already in my, and I, I mean, I'm biased, but it's already in my opinion, 
the best planning tool out there and it really does cut down on time already. Yeah. Well, so that's all we've got for today. Uh, remember check out lessdoingva.com for our VA service and lessdoing.com slash workshop to get info on the workshop in March. And Nick, thanks for co-hosting today. Thanks for having me. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking to Cherie Alexander, who is a persuasiveness coach, and it's definitely the first persuasiveness coach that I have had on the podcast. So Cherie, thank you so much for talking to me. Happy to be here. So what is, well, I guess we'll go over that. What does a persuasiveness coach do? Yeah, sure. So I became very curious about the power that our words have in everyday conversations. I'm fascinated by the fact that what we say and how we say it can change the minds and hearts and actions of other people. And so I set out on a journey to figure out who's the best at that, who is amazing at being persuasive in a moment's notice in critical situations. And so that's what set out on my uh, research and studying under master influencers who include CAA uh, field agents, con artists, even pickup artists, hostage negotiators, trial attorneys, military intelligence officers, interrogators with law enforcement, and uh, a whole host of individuals that have cracked the code on persuasiveness. And what I'm known for is bringing the dark arts of influence into the light. So turning these clandestine, you know, uh, persuasiveness techniques into the light for leaders and entrepreneurs. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is a very juicy topic for me. So first of all, obviously you learned it and you, and you teach people this, but generally speaking, I I wouldn't consider that to be such a learnable skill. I mean, is it really like very straightforward for people to, I mean, that's straightforward and easy, but is it something that really anybody can learn is to be more persuasive? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the three basic steps of becoming persuasive and being influential are to observe, connect, and then influence. So if you know how to heighten your observation skills, know what to look for, that's where the basis of all influence starts is figuring out what are the triggers for this individual, what's the triggers for that individual, or what are the triggers for this target market and that target market. So heightening your observation and then building that connection or that rapport with somebody. And then those influential skills, those those what I call home run hitters, 
are are just simply like icing on the cake because the vast majority of her work has already been done if you started with observation connection and then influence okay so now in in like every day i mean I, i'm sure it runs the gamut but the type of people that you're working with is like is there any sort of uh grouping like the commonality that you work with or is it really everybody um yeah so the majority of the people that i work with one-on-one and in my membership program influence hq they're entrepreneurial leaders and the reason why I went with entrepreneurs is because who can benefit the most of being influential? And it is the entrepreneur because they have to know how to be persuasive on webinars, on podcasts, on sales calls, in their web copy. I mean, every single area. So I do work with um, different corporate clients when I do my speeches and, and training programs for live groups. But the majority I lean towards is the entrepreneur. Well, so then how, how does influence, you know, or I guess intentional influence, as I might call it, uh, it vary when you're having a one-on-one conversation with somebody versus talking to an entire group of people versus, you know, social media? Sure. It's basically the only difference is time prep preparation methodology. So when you're talking with somebody one-on-one, you um, probably need a bit more time to figure out those influential triggers, but you also, sometimes it only takes five minutes that you can pick up on those triggers, build that connection, and then get that influential moment, which let's take a look at pickup artists for that, obviously. So it can happen over a span of time. And in fact, with CIA agents, when they're given a mission to turn an asset, the very first question that they ask is, what's my timeline? Because your timeline will dictate how aggressive your techniques need to be or how slow of a buildup you can have with this person. When it comes to influencing a group, you have the, the great benefit of having time to prepare. And so you can go through that influential profile and what is the group mindset of these people. Plus, you can go through your speech and figure out like, okay, am I using visual, auditory, and kinesthetic metaphors? So that way I'm, I'm hitting everybody in my audience, all the learning styles. Am I including this? Am I including that? Um, and then the same thing with copy. You, you're able to have that, that grace period of going over it, having other people look at it. So that's one of the reasons why I was so fascinated with conversational influence, because to me, that's being influential without a net. Like with speeches and and, uh, copywriting, you have time, you can prepare, you can go over. But when you're in a conversation, man, that means that you have really harnessed this power because it means you know the techniques, you can think on your feet and make adjustments in the moment. And to me, that's that's freaking fascinating. No, absolutely. Uh, And now what... What do you find is like the most powerful, I don't know if it's emotion necessarily, but the most powerful thing that you can play on with people? Because I, like, I know like the fear of loss is worse than the, you know, the joy of gain, but like what, what, what is the, the fastest way to like get to somebody? Like, like the, the trigger or the, fast, or the thing that prompts all of that observation? Both actually. Okay. So for me, one of the the main lessons that I learned from every single person that I interviewed and studied under is that you cannot influence somebody that you're judging. And so to me, this is like not only helpful in communication, but also helps us be better human beings that (laughs) (laughs) because if you're judging somebody, that means you have put them in a box, you've put them in a file, stamped a label on it and filed it away. 
you have closed yourself off from all other potential and possibility that, and that could be where your influential triggers lie. So staying in a curious mindset, asking yourself why, um, being fascinated by somebody like you're a scientist rather than taking what they say personally, having that small dissociation. Some people think like, oh, that's not that's not like healthy or that's not being true or authentic bullcrap. Of course it is. You're able to see more when you're not so emotionally connected or, or vested. And the other thing that I love about this is because you cannot influence somebody that you're judging that also applies to you. You cannot influence yourself into new actions, new thoughts and beliefs. If you are judging yourself, putting yourself down, you know, doing some sort of version of self-flatulation, you are boxing yourself in. So staying in that curious mindset, you see all of those opportunities. And then to answer your original question of like, what is the one thing that tips it over or what's like the one influential technique? That's the big lesson is that there is no one influential technique. And one perfect example of this is, did you ever see the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street? Absolutely. Okay. So there's that famous scene where Jordan, the Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio character, creates this like highly influential script. He teaches it to the team and they go at it. Do you remember this scene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So when I watched that, I was heartbroken (laughs) (laughs) because it goes against every single thing that I'm teaching about influence. But then it finally hit me where the lesson is. They have this one influential script but they also are reaching out to many different marks. So they pick up the phone, say the script, get a yes, cool, hang up, pick up the phone, say the script, get a no, cool, hang up the phone, pick it up. So they have multiple targets with one technique. The rest of us don't have that luxury. We have one mark that we need to influence, which means the inverse is true. If you have one mark, you need multiple techniques. So being able to have that repertoire, you'll be able to know which trick to pull out of your bag for this particular person. That's okay. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, but I mean, of course, telling yourself not to, not to judge is, is that's kind of a tall order. I feel like, right. I mean, it's easier said than done. (laughs) Um, yeah. So to help build the observational mind, to get out of judgment, that's where, that's where I step in and teach my clients the different aspects of somebody to observe and what these observations can tell you about somebody. So one of the cornerstones that I teach people when it comes to observation is paying attention to the influential vibes of somebody and vibes stands for their values, their identifiers, beliefs, emotional triggers, and then secret goals and desires. And with that, if you know, you know that if you're looking for these five things, it also helps you guide the conversation. So that way you're eliciting the information that you need, that you know, you're going to be using at a later date. And it's almost like you're playing detective in the conversation, which helps you separate because as you're curious, looking for these things, you're no longer adding judgment to these things, because just because you may not agree with somebody's values doesn't mean that you can't leverage their values. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean you can't leverage it. And so paying attention to those things, it helps you get out of that judgment mindset. If you're not in the observational mind, then what you're doing is viewing the conversation and viewing the person through your own filters of, of your own values and beliefs, which is this is good. That is bad. That is right. That is wrong. And you're stamping those labels all across this entire conversation. 
rather than when you're an observational mind, you're paying attention, you hear the value and you go, okay, that's a value. And rather than filing it as good or bad, you simply file it away as, as a value, as a belief, as an identifier. And, and that helps the process. And slowly over time, you, you learn how to turn on that mechanism and, and turn it off, even though you don't really have to tell yourself to turn it off. Cause that's sort of our default. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so I want to talk about uh, NLP for a second now too. So that's, cause that's something else you do, right? So, um, I've, I've spoken to other NLP practitioners and, and NLP, like how, maybe seem like an obvious question, I guess, but how does NLP play into the other techniques? Because NLP is not as much about the observation, right? I mean, NLP is more about, well, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Um, NLP has aspects of op- observation. They, when you learn NLP, they teach you different ways to elicit. The thing is with mo- the majority of places where you learn NLP is mostly like they're teaching it in a therapeutic type of setting. So you have more of a, of, um, leeway to ask very direct questions in order to get a, um, response back. So when you think of this memory, is it a moving picture or is it a still framed picture? If you ask that in a normal conversation, people are going to look at you like you're freaking nuts. Yeah. So you have to learn the real true elicitation form of elicitation. So NLP uses the word elicitation to me incorrectly. Elicitation is okay. So a conversation is a back and forth and interrogation is where you have information that you know I want, but you're wanting to keep it away from me. And I'm going to ask questions to try to get into it. An interview is you have information that you know I want and you are willing participant in me asking questions and you delivering the answers. With elicitation, it's I have information that I'm trying to get out of you, but I don't want you to be aware of the fact that this is what I'm doing. Perfect example is it with spies, like they're trying to learn what components of the bombs have you put together so far in a casual conversation at the bar without somebody realizing that that's the conversation that they're having. Um, So we learn, my clients learn how to use that technique in everyday conversations Um, so back to NLP, the way I view NLP is it's basically like the open source code for this communication style that NLP isn't, it's basically an organic thing. It has changed since the seventies. It's grown into different areas in the eighties and so on and so forth. Um, it's like when, you know, the API of a program, people, people make it open source so people can keep adding to it and growing it. That's how I view NLP. I don't view it as the end all be all, but I do think like a good majority of the gems are in there and can be expanded upon. Some of it also has been uh, disproven by science, like the whole, if you're lying, then you look up and to the left. And if you're remembering a true memory, you're up and to the right or whatever that has been disproven. But what you can do is pay attention to one particular individual's eye movements and see if you can see a pattern. Though, again, that's not the one and only way to discern deception or not. Um, you have to look at that compared to all the other elements. Okay. That, and that actually, that makes it very, very clear. Um, so, yeah. so, uh, the last question that I always like to ask people on these interviews is what are your, and you can interpret this however you like, but what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And I guess that in your case, that might be more effective communicators. Sure. Yeah. Um, so suspend your ego 
in conversations that has to do with the whole don't judge, stay curious. So suspending your ego, getting an observational mind. Um, the next would be, oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hearing the dog in the background. Which Sorry. Dog, dog, no, it's fine. Dogs are the best people. Um, <laughs> and let's see. I would say, oh, this is a good one of we are all anchoring in emotional states through our behaviors. So if you have a tell of like you have a big sigh before giving bad uh, news, pay attention to that. Like, how are you anchoring in and, and telling people what the emotional state is to come up next? Actually, let me, let me make this an easier applicable thing. Um, be what you want to see that if you want somebody to be open-minded, you have to demonstrate open-mindedness. If you want to see excitement, you have to be excited. You can't just tell somebody, I, I think you'll be excited about this and be completely boring during your entire presentation. <laughs> it's not going to work. So be what you want to see. And let's see, the third one is going to be, mm -hmm, uh, our words have with lack of a better word, magical powers. So pay attention to the words that you're using in everyday conversations, because to me, it is the most powerful gift that we have as human beings. So stay conscious and aware of it. Our, our words are power. How are you using your power? Okay. Well, those are, those are really awesome. Um, so, uh, Sheree, thank you so much for your time. How, how can people find out more about you and your programs? Sure, absolutely. So um, if they can go to observeconnectinfluence.com, and that'll take them over to our main site, which is sheree-alexander.com. And um, if they're interested in personally improving these things, please check out Influence HQ. And of course, uh, there's more information there in the blog and free downloads and all that good stuff. Okay, well, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.